0: A failed transfer is as difficult as a miscarriage. Like a lot of therapists and mental health experts will tell you, like, it's as difficult. And for me, it was even more difficult because there was so much riding on this little embryo, like so much time, so much work, so much hope. It was really, really difficult. I feel like that was like the darkest point of the entire journey was when this failed.
1: You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Teen. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice see MommyLaborNurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. I am so excited to share this podcast episode with you guys. I am doing a birth story today with Catherine. And you know that feeling that you get when you watch like a really feel-good movie? It's like, maybe really sad in the beginning. And then there's like these really, really good feel good parts at the end. You're just like, oh, I just feel so good after watching this movie. I'm not trying to compare her story to a movie, but that is how I feel right now. I just got off recording with her. And I usually record these intros right when I get off with people just, you know, so I remember what the episode is about and just I just got off with her and I just can't wait to share this story with you guys. So I'm not going to spoil too much, but Catherine did struggle with secondary infertility with the birth of her daughter. It was actually a full 18 months that she went through rounds of Clomid and IUI and IVF and it was just Really, really tremendous to hear that whole process and her explain how she was feeling throughout it and just everything that goes along with infertility, because there's a lot. And it can be really, really hard to relate to others who are going through infertility if you haven't been through it yourself. So I love that she touched on that and just really shared her story so openly. So we talk about that for the first part of the episode and then talk about her pregnancy with her daughter and her amazing birth story that I'm not going to spoil, I just want to share it with you because like I said, we're about you're about to get into one of those feel good movies, okay? Are you ready? <laughs> Let's go. Wondering what you need to do to stay on track during each week of pregnancy? Not sure what you need to be learning or researching along the way? I can help. Sign up for our free weekly pregnancy series to get tips, advice, and resources tailored to your exact week of pregnancy sent straight to your inbox every week. Sign up at mommylabornurse.com slash I am pregnant to get your first email today. See you in your inbox real soon. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thanks so much for being here today with me. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, where you're from, anything you want to share? Yeah. I live in Austin, Texas. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two. I
0: have my son, Liam, who's three, and then my daughter, Evelyn, is 11 weeks.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So we are talking birth story today. So Mm -hmm. we're talking about your second one, which didn't happen very long ago. So your memory (laughs) is probably pretty fresh. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I usually have people kind of go back to the beginning and talk through getting pregnant. I mean, if you had any troubles, which we're going to talk through a lot, and then we can go into birth story.
0: Great. Yeah. It was not the easiest journey to our second I'd always been told it would be hard for me to conceive. Um, I have PCOS and I was diagnosed in high school. And so from there until, you know, when I got married, it was always in the back of my mind, like, you know, it's going to be hard for you to conceive. So we started trying pretty quickly for our first after our wedding. And I had in the back of my mind, like you hear all those couples that are, all those stories that are, you know, you know, they were told they would never conceive and then they got pregnant without even trying or they were yeah. on birth control or yeah. all of that. So it was scary to like be trying so soon because we were like, oh, it could happen at any time. But we were not one of those couples the first time. I don't ovulate regularly. So it was you know, months and months of negative ovulation tests, which led my OB to prescribe Clomid, which induces ovulation. And after two cycles of that, we conceived my son. who's was now three, like I said. And it felt really hard and really long. And like, it felt really intense just being on fertility medication. I also tried everything I could to make it happen on my own. So it felt like a really big deal at the time. So when we were ready to try for a second, I knew like, oh, it could take a little bit, but I think Clomid is the answer. And once we get on this medication, it'll take, you know, probably three months, but like at most six.
1: Yeah. Like it happened this way the first time. So why would it happen the same way? It wouldn't work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the second time I'd started Clomid again for my second. And I wasn't reacting the same way as before. So I was still ovulating pretty late. I had to keep restarting those cycles over and over. We tried another medication called Femara. And then I started a lot of follicle scans at my OB's office. So it started to feel a lot more intense, just a lot more difficult. And then after months of trying, I finally got a positive pregnancy test. We were six months into our journey. And it was also the cycle before we were like, I think you know we'd want to start IUI after this. I also just started, I just made an appointment with a fertility doctor down the road. And I was like, I'm not going to be needing this. Like we're one of those couples, you know, we, yeah. we were just Finally about happened. to dive in. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I would tell this story, like we were just about to dive into like really intense treatment and then we got pregnant. And so then my OB ordered HCG draw and they called and they said, you know, you're pregnant, but your HCG is 24. Mm. And I wasn't that worried because I've seen. You know, the internet, you have everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen people who had lower HCGs and had perfectly healthy babies. Yeah. And I'd ovulated the so I'm like, it's no big deal. But then two days later, to check if it doubled, it was 27. Oh. And then it was seven. Um, so yeah. it wasn't a viable pregnancy. And I miscarried. Yeah. Which was really difficult as a stay-at-home mom, too, because, you know, there's not a lot of time for your own grief and your own no. like processing all of that. Yeah. And then I think seeing that positive test, it was like, I want to be I want to be pregnant again now. Like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to wait. I don't want to like deal with this. I just want to keep chugging along. So from there, we did start IUIs with the fertility doctor. Also, if I, <laughs> I feel like infertility is like a second language that I had to learn. So if there's anything yeah. that, like I want, you want me to like elaborate on.
1: You can, can. if you want to. Yeah. I feel the same yeah. way when I started <laughs> even being like labor, labor and delivery. Okay. We yeah. don't. I mean, we have patients come in and we can see their history, but we're not super familiar with fertility treatments and just everything that goes along with getting pregnant. Like we kind of... Care for you, like once you are pregnant. <laughs> on the so other side, yeah. It was. You're. You're exactly right that it's like a foreign language. I remember when I when I first started interviewing people who had fertility troubles, mm-hmm. and even having like fertility experts on here talking. It's it's even a foreign language for me. So yeah. I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> so for those who don't know, I guess Clomid and the medications that you were taking, those yes. medications get you to ovulate. Yeah, right? So they
0: they get your body to start get a follicle and to ovulate it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's like just one reason why you might have trouble conceiving mm-hmm. and you knew that you had PCOS, which is, mm-hmm. you know, can, you can have trouble ovulating. Yeah. So that's why you kind of went that route. But now, since you did have a miscarriage, you're going into IUI, which is, you can explain that um, a little bit if you want yeah.
0: to. <laughs> it's intrauterine insemination. So they usually would give you the medication to ovulate and then a trigger shot. So it. it triggers the ovulation. And then I think, oh my God, now I can't remember. I think it was like 36 to 48 hours after yeah. then they do the IUI procedure. So it's, it's like kind of getting the sperm where it needs to be. So it's a catheter through your cervix and it just kind of gives everyone a little head start.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. It's like, I mean, I've seen them They're It's like a big, long kind of straw looking mm-hmm. thing that goes way up in there. And it's yeah. like, it, it's going to plant it right where it needs to be. So in hopes that everything will happen.
0: Yeah. And the procedure itself is like, you know, five minutes. It's not yeah. a yeah. huge deal.
1: Yeah. It's not like you have to go under surgery or anything like
0: that. No, no. Yeah. It's super easy. And then yeah. you just kind of lay there for a few yeah. minutes and
1: yeah. then you're on your way. Put your legs up in the air. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they do, they do yeah.
0: kind of like prop your hips up a little. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you had IUI and then yes. what happened? Um, so we,
0: we did three and it started to feel, you know, like really difficult. Like, you know, now we are... Yeah experiencing infertility, the creata fertility clinic, it's just felt really intense. Yeah. And then the third time I got pregnant. And so this is four months after my first loss. So I'm still guarding my heart, you know, I'm not gonna get too excited. Yeah. So I still hadn't even processed the first versus and then the second I got pregnant again. And I tell myself I'm not getting excited, but I am. It's Christmas. I told my husband, videotaped him in front of the Christmas tree. I was like, we'll tell our families over the holidays, like calculating. And then realizing this baby would be due in August. And August is when I had my first loss. So it just felt like stars are aligning. And then I get a call from the nurse. You're pregnant, but. So it was another unviable pregnancy.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And at that point, we had kind of talked about, you know, how many more IUIs would we do? Um very lucky to have fertility insurance, which covers like a certain amount. So oh. I w- at this point, I was like, I don't want to spend any more of it on IUIs. I want, I want to do IVF. I don't want to experience this loss again. I want to know what's going on with my body.
1: Yeah.
0: So we spent the whole month of Christmas. I was trying like my son was obsessed with Santa Claus and all the lights and put all that grief and heartbreak of the year into the holidays. But it was we were starting IVF the Monday after New Year. So it was. Mm-hmm looming. You know, I got the box of meds over that time and yeah. and all of that. So we started IVF in the new year. And I kind of recruited this team of people to help me through it. I had a therapist. I started therapy when I started IVF, my husband basically told me that was non negotiable. And I'm good, so hu- glad good. because it was Yeah, good
1: husband. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I had a therapist, I started, I did acupuncture, I had a I got massage, chiropractor, just all these things to like keep my head on straight. Yeah. Which meant even more weekly appointments in addition to all of yeah. like the daily fertility monitoring. Yeah. So at this point my life is completely consumed by infertility and also motherhood cuz I'm a stay-at-home mom. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: like my entire life is these two things that are all encompassing on their own.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just really weird because they're all, they're polar opposites of each other too.
1: Totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, that's so mind boggling. You're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I basically like that's all I had bandwidth for is um, infertility and motherhood. So I just had to, I was not, you know, a very good wife. I was not a good friend. I was not a good sister. Like all I could do was take care of my son and take care of myself. So definitely like burned out at that point. I can go into like the IVF process, like what all that, Sure, looks like two. Yeah, let's do it. I'll preface it's different for everybody because everybody has different reasons. Everyone has different protocols. Um, mm-hmm. So this is just mine. I feel like mine was pretty average based okay. on what I know. So they start you on birth control, which is crazy because <laughs> yeah. like, I'm trying to have a baby. I have to go on birth right. control, and it's to kind of calm everything down. So there's like no follicles developing, nothing going on, so they can start everything on their terms, mm-hmm. and they can kind of control everything. And then you start injections for your egg retrieval and so this is hormone injections to get as many eggs as possible for me it was as many eggs as possible for retrieval so it was about 11 days of injections and it's two in the morning and two at night and they start you with those injections to like get the follicles growing then they start another one to stop you from ovulating so you have all these eggs like growing and you're super bloated and you can like feel your ovaries Mm. And then that's also you're going in for daily or every other day blood draws at like seven o'clock in the morning. And then um, ultrasounds at the fertility clinic, because they measure all the follicles to see when your retrieval will be, because they want a certain amount of follicles, a certain size before they feel ready to take them all out. Yeah. So an egg retrieval, you have to go in in the morning. That is like a surgery you're put under and they use a super long needle to take all the eggs out. Mm. And then the eggs and the sperm are in, they put them in like petri dishes and the eggs are fertilized there. Our first round we did use, is called ICSI, where they take the sperm and inject it into the egg themselves, mm-hmm. which is crazy to watch. If you ever see like a video of it, it's super mm. cool, mm. but it's just like, give it a higher chance of the eggs. Yeah. So I got 20 eggs, which is really high because I have PCOS. And then that boiled down to one embryo.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> just one. So-
0: yeah, because we did PGT testing because of my losses, so they biopsy the embryos, and they can test for any like genetic abnormalities. Mm-hmm. So we had three embryos at the end and then one.
1: Interesting. <laughs> that was wow. ready to go.:
0: Wow. So my doctor ordered an ERA test, which is a endometrial receptivity analysis.
1: But it's, I uh, don't know any better than you do, so we're gonna go is, with that's that. what it is. I don't yeah. know exactly what the letters do. Yeah. So it's a full
0: transfer cycle of all the medications, and then the day that they would transfer the embryo, they take a biopsy instead, mm. just to test the level of hormones and make sure they have the right level for like they, when they put an embryo in that it would that it would take. Mm-hmm. So that was a whole other month. Like people don't tell you IVF is just a lot of waiting. Stims was like you know ten days before the egg retrieval, and that was like we're go 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 go, and then it's just wait. Yeah. So from the day I started birth control to the day we actually transferred our embryo, it was five months. Wow. And I was very much like I want to be pregnant. I want to be pregnant. Like yeah. It was hard, and that embryo didn't take. Oh. So a field transfer is as difficult as a miscarriage. Like a lot of therapists and mental health experts will tell you like it's as difficult and for me it was even more difficult because there was so much riding on this little embryo like so much time so much work so much hope it was really really difficult I feel like that was like the darkest point of the entire journey was when this failed because also knowing we only had one and so now we have to do it all over again
1: Yeah. Like you're thinking like, oh my gosh, another, is this going to be like another five months? And then it might, yeah, it's, you probably, you probably felt, and I'm not going to speak for you, but (laughs) did you feel hopeless at that point? Yeah. I mean,
0: I started to feel like, like this isn't going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I also was, my fertility doctor, she asked me, you know, do you want to take some time off? I know a lot of people after a failed transfer, like it's really difficult. And I was like, nope. Yeah. Like we'll do another round. I'm, I'm going to keep going. Like I want to be pregnant now. Yeah. There was no waiting. And like, I yeah. could not wait in my mind. And then just, you know, thinking back to like all the shots, all the blood draws, the egg retrieval, it took me like five days to recover from my egg retrievals. Like, it's just, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. The second round mentally was a little bit easier once I got going. Cause it was, you know, I, I guess probably cause I did feel a little hopeless. It was like, I can't control any of this. Like, yeah. We'll just see what
1: happens. And maybe you knew what to expect the process more. I mean, you kind of were told yeah. throughout the first one, but, it, but you're like, you kind of knew, you know, yeah. the whole first process. time was so much anxiety of, you know, I'd never been put under. So yeah. just oh, okay. that stress, like yeah. stressed
0: me out. And can yeah. I give myself injections? Like, can I do this? Yeah. And then pretty quickly you learn you can, like, if you have to, you can do it. Yeah. And so that round, we got 46 eggs, which is a crazy number. Yeah. said it might've been like the highest they've seen. Wow. Which then boiled down to two embryos. So it really didn't like benefit me (laughs) to have all these eggs. But at this point, we have the two embryos and we're like leading up to our second transfer. And I told my husband, like, if this doesn't work, I think I'm done. Like, I don't think I can do any more. I maybe would consider transferring the, the other one. I probably would go through it. But after that, like, I need my life back. It just takes over your entire life. It's, You know, can I have two cups of coffee today? Or like, yeah. You know, can I have a glass of wine at dinner? All that's like, just it's always in the back of your mind that,
1: yeah. You know,
0: I was the reason why I couldn't get pregnant because I had two cups of coffee, or yeah, all that crazy. So much,
1: much. so much grief and so much like.
0: And this was 18 months from when we started trying to get pregnant to this second transfer. Wow. So it's a really long time, and I just felt like I wanted to be a a good mom again. Like I felt, you know, because I was just torn in half, basically dealing with all of this, and I. Yeah. I was ready to be done, Um, but I got pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! It worked. (laughs) Okay. Yay. So I think I probably would have kept going, but at that point, I was like, if it doesn't work, like I can't do it, Yeah. but I got pregnant, a healthy
1: baby girl. Wow. Yay. So like, okay. How did you feel though? Were you still really, really guarded when you found out you were pregnant? Yes, for sure. I felt a little bit better because it
0: was genetically tested. So Mm. all my, my previous miscarriages were really early, which is probably just something chromosomal. Yeah. Okay. And so I felt, you know, at least like, at least we know the embryo is good. People still miscarry PGT tested embryos. It can still happen. Right. I felt a little bit more confident, but I had so much anxiety, super intense, but I was happy. I was with my fertility clinic through 10 weeks. So I was able to get after the six weeks. I got weekly ultrasounds.
1: Oh, good.
0: Because they check like every other week, but then I wound up just calling, like, "Can I just come in? Like, I, yeah. I just need to see." And like every single week was a huge milestone. Every day was a huge oh, milestone. Yeah. Um, but every time I saw the heartbeat, it was like, okay, okay. And then, then I drive home and be like, okay, another week. We can make another week, and then we just keep going. Yeah. Even when I told my mom, I told her pretty early, and she was so excited, like cheering. And I was like, no, 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 like yeah. we're not. We're not excited yet. Like yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really nervous.
1: Yeah.
0: And then graduating from my fertility clinic, I like cried on the way home. I couldn't believe it. Like I never oh. thought we would be at this point. Yeah. And then like I loved them. Like I loved them there. They were so supportive. And I mean, you have to be with what everyone there oh. is dealing with. Oh yeah. But just like so warm and I miss them. I can miss them now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I can imagine. Like that and and probably like, I mean, gosh, some people are with them for so, so long, you know, Mm -hmm. you're with your OB for a max of, yeah, I mean, you can get pregnant more times, but like you're a a max of the nine months, but like some people are with their fertility clinics so, so long and so, so often too, you know, you don't see your OB as much as you see your fertility clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they're also there for you. I mean, like a really, really difficult time too.
1: Yes. Like no one's
0: there for fun, you know? Right, right, right. Exactly.
1: All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one says, I just had my all-natural water birth last night and it was a dream. Oh, Labor to six centimeters at home and felt amazing. Got to the hospital and they broke my water and I labored for a while outside the tub, utilizing the breathing techniques I learned during your natural course. About... After about five to six intense contractions in the pool, my body started to naturally push my daughter out. And about 30 minutes later, I delivered her myself. Oh, wow. Cool. (laughs) Such an amazing experience and everything I wanted for my second birth experience. Thank you for your course and all of your content. Oh, and she sent me a little picture of her daughter. So sweet. I love it. If you want to check out the course that this mom took, she took Birth It Up, the natural series, and you can head over to mommylabornurse.com and click on the natural series. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. So let's fast forward. Tell me how your pregnancy was kind of after this maybe first trimester-ish time, and then we can get into her birth.
0: Yeah. I had an amazing pregnancy. My pregnancy with my son was miserable. I was
1: always sick. I was like so
0: achy. I just, I didn't enjoy it at all. And this one was incredible. Like I had the exhaustion. I was a little sick, but nothing crazy. Yeah, I was super, super active in my pregnancy, which I think helped. Cool yeah I I mean I took my son to Disneyland at like 33 weeks wow pregnant
1: (laughs) yeah that's that means you're feeling good for sure I wouldn't have even
0: like (laughs) gotten I probably could have done like an hour car drive at 33 weeks with my son like (laughs) oh yeah yeah so yeah it was amazing and then at the end I did get diagnosed with gestational diabetes Uh, and I had to go on insulin and I had like a little meltdown about it but I just like this baby girl like she just wants me to get all the shots all the needles she's shot happy yeah yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like of course, of course I get it. So it meant I had to be induced at 39 weeks. Mm-hmm. Throughout my pregnancy, I decided I didn't want an epidural this time around. Yeah. I was doing like a push prep class and it was like a workout program and it's talking about like all these different positions that are yeah. really great for labor. And I started thinking, like, do you really want to move around in labor? That sounds great. Yeah. And so I got a doula and got I was like super prepared for it. And then I wanted to go into labor naturally. I wanted to labor at home. I wanted all of that. And then I did have to be induced. But I still planned on not having epidural. I did a lot of research on what what you can and don't have to consent to during labor. And then looking back, like before doing this podcast, I realized I think a lot of that is I wanted control after this fertility journey, right? Yeah. I had no control. I had to just continuously like lie back and let doctors do all the stuff that needed to be done to have a baby. And I didn't want to do any of it. It wasn't fun. It was really hard. Yeah. So being able to to know, tell a doctor like, Nope, now I'm ready to push or not ready yet. Or Nope. I don't want to start a check now. Like, yeah, I think it was just asserting like the, as much control as you can have over your birth. I knew things come out of your like out of control and I respect for doctors sure. and their guidance and all of that, but being able to, you know, kind of like feel what's going on in my body and know what, know what I wanted and know what I could do.
1: Yeah, no, that makes total sense, especially after it being so long and having no control for so long. And now it's like, yeah. okay, This is this is my time. (laughs) I'm going to try and take as much of this back as I possibly can.
0: Yeah, and I had a tough postpartum with my son physically, and I started like pinpointing some things in my birth that I think attributed to it. Interesting. Um, Like I pushed for three hours with him, but I don't think I was ready to push for Mm. until maybe the last like hour and a half. Mm. So I was thinking, you know, if I don't have an epidural, I can tell, I can tell someone when I'm ready to push, and I can like protect my body in that way too.
1: Yeah. With your son, were you planning on a natural delivery with him or were you just like, no? Okay. Interesting. So I went in for
0: my 36 week gross scan and he was eight pounds. And so I told the doctor like, so I'm like, he's done, right? He's cooked. (laughs) We're done here. And she was like, no, you have to wait at least till 39 weeks. And so I had always planned on having epidural. So I didn't do Mm. any birth research. It was, I just assumed you walked in and the baby. The baby. They, told you, they told you how to get the baby out. Yeah. It was
1: not the a lot case. Of people, uh, yeah. A lot of people think that. Like a lot of people think that. Everyone I knew.
0: It's yeah. Everyone I knew had done. They just yeah. walked into the hospital and had their baby. Yeah. But like no one really talks about if it was like, a really difficult birth or if they had a really difficult recovery. And yeah. I just assumed my recovery was typical. Like it was 12 weeks before I stopped feeling like any sort of like heaviness or soreness or all yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, just giving the epidural and then get the baby out. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of what happened. I pushed for three hours and then the doctor asked if I wanted to use the vacuum. And I was like, sure. Cause I had no idea that was.
1: Yeah. Like risks and benefits and like what even, like, okay. Like if you're saying to do it, yeah. Like
0: I'm tired. I just want it out. Yeah. So that's, I started thinking back on my birth and then I did a lot more research. I already did so much research in my body leading up to getting pregnant. Right. And I just learned so much about birth and like the different stages and all the things that I didn't know the first time. And I, felt so much better walking into this birth. Yeah. I also had known by going through IVF and like recovering from egg retrievals and all of this and like, I can get through it. Like I can get through this now when I, you went through a
1: lot. You can, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) When I gave birth to my first, I had never like even been admitted to a hospital. Like I'd never had to do anything. I don't think I had like an IV before. So this time around, I was like, I learned pain is temporary. Like I can get through 12 hours of labor. If I can do five hours of or five days of egg retrieval recovery. I can do it. I know I can. Yeah. And it was all love for the goal it. of having this better postpartum. Yeah. And then it wound up being like just the most amazing experience.
1: Oh, okay. 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 Let's get into it. So you said 39 weeks and I'm assuming yes. that you went to 39 weeks and you got yes. induced. So let's yes. talk about that day. Yeah. So I went in at night at like
0: 10 PM to start Cervidil to because my cervix was four yeah. like centimeters. Cervidil, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. I was four centimeters, but I was not very uh, effaced. Mm-hmm. So they started the Cervidil. And then when they took that out, I was still four centimeters. There still wasn't a lot of change. And so then they started Pitocin. And I had known from a friend who had to be induced, who also wanted a natural birth, that her doctor put her on the lowest dose and started increasing like the lowest amount. And so that's what I asked for. Yeah. Which I think
1: annoyed my OB, but I was like, <laughs> whatever. Um, this is what I want. Yeah. They're just it. A- Sorry to any OBs listening, but some of them, they're just impatient. That's, that's like, for sure. It's just, you know, we're taught to do yeah. like, fast, 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 fast. But it's like, just, you know, let's like, let, let you labor. And you sometimes yeah. people just need time. Like that's what a lot of, yeah, yeah. I won't go into detail, about that. Let's, <laughs> let's get back to your story. Yeah.
0: And I know this, this is like four o'clock in the morning. So I know, you yeah. know, there's, you know, 15 yes. hours before my OBs off the clock at 7 yes. PM. So. Yes. Yes. Um, so she came in at eight and then asked, she was like, okay, let's break your waters. And I was like, I'm not actually ready to break my waters. I want to try and get things moving on my own. Also really annoyed her. <laughs> but so I tried from there. I was like, my doula came in and we started like different positions, started like rolling around. And at that point I felt my contractions slow and like, mm-hmm. I kind of stopped feeling them. So I asked for a cervical to check at that point. And I was like, there's no change. Like let's get this show on the road. Like now I'm ready. Yeah. Um, there was no chain. So we broke my waters. And then I had asked her, you know, if I break my waters, can we not increase pitocin if things start moving along as they should, yeah. and she was all on board, like absolutely. And that's kind of what happened. Like I started like contractions started going, I was getting into a new groove. I was like kind of rolling through all of them. And then as it's getting more intense, my labor nurse was at lunch. And so another nurse came in and am sitting on this like rolling ball, I have a blanket on, like my doula is like rubbing my shoulders and she comes in She's she goes, okay, well, I'm here to increase your Pitocin. And I'm like breathing through a contraction. And my doula goes, do we have to? She goes, well, I would like to. <laughs> and I wanted to look at her like, do I look like I want my Pitocin increased right now? Yeah. You're like, and so I was just like, nope, you can come back in an hour. She's like, you don't have to. I was like, good. Not going to.
1: <laughs>
0: awkward, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it felt like it's so- your doula though. Right. And she knew because I was, yeah. I couldn't talk and she knew like yeah. what I had wanted. Yeah. And so I just told her, nope, I don't want toasted And it
1: felt like. Yeah. No. And I was just going to say, I like that your doula said, do we have to? Instead yeah. of, no, she doesn't want, you know, like, yeah. It's, it's, there's a fine line because I've worked with some amazing doulas and it sounds like you had an amazing doula who yeah. is just supportive and just advocate, you know, helping to advocate for you. Mm-hmm. But it's tough with, doulas sometimes who want to overstep that you know they're about like like doulas their role is really just to support you and she and it sounds like she really knew what you wanted but she wasn't saying like no don't do that you know it was more just like kind of do we have to I like that I just wanted to yeah
0: and I had a very similar conversation because I actually called her when my OB wanted to break my waters the first time and I called her at and I was kind of, I was just really conflicted on what to do. And it was not, you know, that's unnatural. You shouldn't do that. It yeah. was very much like, what do you want to do? Do you want to wait an hour? Do you want to see what's going on? Like, how are you feeling? Because I had, I mean, I was very clear, you know, I don't think doctors are the devil or anything.
1: No, yeah, um, I yeah. really
0: respect them. I wouldn't be pregnant without doctors and science Yep, and all this. I got pregnant from a doctor, not right? my husband.
1: Are you interested in birthing without an epidural? Did you know that simply wanting a natural birth isn't always enough? Many mamas fall into the trap of wanting a natural birth without fully preparing for a natural birth. And often that results in an epidural and plenty of disappointment. And girl, there is nothing wrong with having an epidural. Okay, let's be clear. But if your dream is to go natural, you need straightforward birth education so you know exactly what it takes. Birth It Up The Natural Series will help you feel and stay confident and in control during your unmedicated birth. It's simple. Access the class, erase the unknowns and get ready to rock your natural birth. To learn more, head over to com slash naturalbirth. That's mommylabornurse.com slash naturalbirth.
0: So yeah, so she was amazing. So we didn't increase Pitocin and then two hours had passed since my water broke and it started getting like a lot more intense yeah. and I was starting to feel like okay can i can i really do this i was having to like really breathe through all of them and my ob came in to do a cervix check and i wanted to tell her like no way <laughs> cuz i was it was super intense and then between each contraction i fully felt like i needed to like rest and recover before mm-hmm. the next one mm-hmm. so i thought yeah but if she checks me in between then i'm not going to be able to rest mm-hmm. between these contractions but then i was like i have to know okay like i got to know where we're at so i said she could check I was eight centimeters and Ooh. literally the whole room was like, yeah. Woohoo.
1: Yeah, I know. That's like, <laughs> I would be like, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's what I knew. Like I can do it. I can do this. Yeah, girl. Mm. We're almost there. Yeah. So from there, I just started, like I went fully into labor land. Like I yeah. had an eye mask on. I was laying on my sides. I was kind of alternating each side and a big body pillow.
1: Yeah.
0: And so I feel like from the outside, it looked like I wasn't doing anything. But mentally, like it was like this whole mental game. Yep. Yep. I had like breathe through each contraction. I fully relaxed my body during each one, which really helped. And I had my doula. She was doing like the tense machine and like hip compressions and all of those things that helped a lot. And then I fully relaxed in between each contraction when it was so exhausting that I fell asleep in between contractions sometimes. That's good. But from the outside, you're like, oh, she just got her eye mask on and she's like sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then towards the end, each contraction, I was like, okay, next one, I'm going to get the epidural. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep going next one.
1: That's how, you know, it's towards <laughs> this, right? you're right at the end. Yeah. And I
0: knew because everyone had told me that too. And then it, and then it would stop. Cause I would, kind of ride the waves out mm-hmm. and it would stop and I'd be like, okay, you know what? I'll do, I'll do one more. I'll do one more and then I'm going to ask for it. Yeah. And then each contraction would come in my head. I would say, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. And then it would end and out loud, I would say, I can do it. I can do it. So my doula after my birth, she's like, it was so great. The whole time you were like, I can do it. I can do it. And I'm like, mentally, that's not where I was at. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I took my eye mask off and I was like, I need to push. I'm ready to push. And they're like, okay, we will call the nurse in. And she checks and she tells me, she's like, you are 10 centimeters. I was like, I know. I know. I'm ready.
1: Could have told you that. Yeah. Right?
0: And she's like, okay, it'll probably be about 30 minutes before baby gets here. And I'd asked her, I felt like I needed to like pull. Uh-huh. So, like can I have a squat? Like, can we get a squat bar? Cause I feel yeah. like I need to pull while I'm pushing. And as she's out getting the squat bar, like two minutes later, it gets super intense. Yeah. And my husband is like, does she have any sort of sense of urgency like coming back here? Cause I think it's like a baby's baby's coming. I'm telling yeah. him, like, no, baby is moving fast. I could feel exactly where she was like each stage. I knew she was coming. The nurse comes in and she's like, okay, throws the squat bar and starts like prepping for delivery.
1: Yeah.
0: Tells my husband, like, I'm technically qualified to catch the baby if I need to. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And then all of a sudden as she's prepping, she's telling me like, hold the baby in. Yeah. I have like ring a fire. Yeah. holding the baby. in, she rings the emergency bell. I was like, we need a midwife, and so midwife comes over and she's like, "Hi, I'm Helen. I'll be delivering your baby." And I was like, "I don't care. Who <laughs> I don't care who you are. Who are. Just the bottom nah. I don't care if my husband catches the baby. Like, I need it out." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, my OB just like walks in, sits down on the bed. I push the baby out, catches the baby, and she's here. And that's it. Oh. And so from when they broke my water, it was 11 a.m. and I delivered at 2:55. 55. Wow, Mickey. Yeah. So I didn't have the epidural. I did it all naturally. Had it been like 12 hours, I don't know if I could have done it, but knowing that I was like moving through it all, it, yeah. it was awesome. And then my whole infertility journey, I spent the entire time just like craving that weight of a newborn. And so as soon as she mm. was on my chest, it was like the clouds of infertility were gone. Like yeah. I didn't realize that they were still there. I didn't realize like I was still in this dark place, but once she was here, it was Oh my God, we did it. She's here. It's finally, finally over. And there's all these photos and you can see, it's not just like, oh, I had a baby. I'm like so in love with her. It was like this relief and this joy and like disbelief that yeah, she was here. Like she's on my chest and it was...
1: <laughs> You're like making me tear up. I don't tear up in podcasts very much. I'm like very... Dead inside is not the right word. I'm very resilient. <laughs> yeah. Well, like- I didn't think I was going to get... Yeah. I I'm know. Too. It's I was, it's I'm like I, I love I know I love that. I love the way you describe it though, because that weight of a newborn is something that I know very well. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I know exactly what that feels like. And that it's like so comforting. And I love that it just like got rid of those dark clouds that were yeah. there. And oh yeah. I had
0: felt like during my pregnancy, towards like third trimester, I started feeling like a little bit like myself again but it wasn't until she was here that I I don't think I realized how dark of a place I was in through the entire infertility journey and then even into pregnancy where I still wasn't fully out of it.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Well, yeah. let's talk about postpartum just a little bit because I know you had some struggles with your son and now you know, you have this amazing birth, but probably in the back of your mind you're still like, okay, I hope postpartum is gonna be great as well. But I know I have this previous experience, so like it might not be. It's been amazing. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it
0: I felt so good after my birth. Cause after my son, I was so exhausted. I could barely get into the wheelchair to get into postpartum. I like popped out of bed. I was like walking around. I felt Incredible! I didn't even have an ice pack on the drive home. Like I felt so good. If I heard my story when I was in postpartum with my son, I would have just said, "Oh, you're a liar!" Like, yeah, no there's has, no way. Yeah, no one has easy postpartum. No one has. No one feels this good. Yeah, and I felt amazing. I mean, I worked so hard during my pregnancy. It took me long to recover from my aortic troubles, and it did childbirth.
1: Wow, that is saying something for sure. Yeah. Wow, that is I mean, crazy. did.
0: A, I did a lot of. Mental prep work and IVF yeah. really forced me to work on myself, you know, yeah. going through therapy and it forced me and my husband to work on communication. It forced me to put myself first when I needed to. Yeah. So, going through all of that, we were really set up for success for postpartum where I knew, first of all, I knew what to expect. So right. I'd done it before, but also I knew how to rest when I needed to. I knew how to take care of myself. Ask for how help. To ask ask yeah. for help. Right. Yeah. And my husband and I became really good at communicating, like, you know, when we need help and when, like, where can you help and what do you need? It's, it's just, it was really terrible to go through, but it really helped out Yeah, in the end. Mm,
1: I <laughs> love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Oh my gosh. i I love it. And you said 11 weeks, right? So Mm -hmm. she's, yeah. So she's still pretty little. She's the best. Oh, oh, I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. This was just fabulous. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.